Capital Six Theatres is situated on the corner of Yates and Blanchard in the heart of downtown Victoria. Capital Six Theatres features luxury recliner seating. You can reserve your seat in advance and choose where you want to sit. No more waiting in lines. To reserve your seat now, visit capital6.ca. That's C-A-P-I-T-O-L 6 dot C-A. We would like to acknowledge with respect that the University of Victoria stands on the land of the Lekwungen and Wasanich people. We'd like to thank the elders and chiefs of these territories for continuously allowing us to reside here, although many of us were not invited to do so. As a radio station and media outlet, CFUV was founded in colonial contexts and still continues to operate in those contexts today. Welcome to You in the Ring. I'm your host, Salma Hassan. Here at You in the Ring, we share alternative perspectives on stories from our campus. We feature interviews with students, faculty, and other members of our community to hear what UVic has to say. Okay, picture this. You're at home for a reading break. Your sibling picks you up from the airport and you both drive to the house you grew up in. Your parents greet you, maybe your dad gives you a hug, maybe your mom rubs your arm and tells you she missed you. You chat about what's been happening while you were away, how's school going, and then you sit down for a home-cooked meal. Nothing special. It's a dish that's in common rotation on your family's dinner table. But something about it is different. Wow, you think. I don't remember the last time I've had a home-cooked meal. Did food always smell this good? You sit and ponder for a moment why you've grown such a love for this type of food, and then it hits you. You've been eating food on campus, maybe cooked by yourself in your dorm or from one of the many eateries in the ring, for what feels like way too long now. The dish that sits in front of you is nutritious, packed with vitamins and minerals, while your diet at school has been... lacking. Although salt is technically a mineral, right? So why is it that often when someone goes to school, their diet can change drastically? There are so many food options on campus, many catering to different dietary needs. There's also the option to cook your own meals at home or in your dorm. So you could potentially be eating the same food you've always been eating. What prompts someone to change their eating habits while at school? And does the academic environment push that in any specific direction? In this episode, we take a look at food on campus and what's available to hungry students. We hear from UVic's Head of Food Services. Our correspondents head to the ring to learn more about your food choices, and we provide a few easy-to-make recipes for those who are living the dormitory life. That's all in a moment. Stay tuned. So if you don't know how to cook, let's face it, there aren't many things you can do other than find a place to eat on campus for most, if not all, of your meals. If that's the case, one person decides on what your food options are. All nutritional options are decided upon by Jim Forbes, the director of food services at the university. We sat down with Jim to get more information on how food options are chosen at UVic and why. Hi, Jim. Can you provide an overview of how food services operates at UVic? Hi, I'm Director of Campus Services, uh, Jim Forbes, and the Acting Director of University Food Services. An overview of food generally at the university is we're an institutionally run food service operation, and um, that includes our 
residential dining community along with uh, our retail uh, dining outlets that uh, are located uh, throughout uh, the university. Wonderful. Can you tell me a bit about the food sources and where the ingredients are coming from? So um, we have an executive chef and uh, we are sourcing everything through contracts. So we go with our standard suppliers and I think um, to a large degree that's fairly standard within the industry that uh, um, you know, we'll source locally, uh, then we'll source uh, um, towards the lower mainland and then to the northwest of uh, the United States. Um, but again, just by virtue of what's available uh, in terms of close proximity to the university, uh, and we just move out uh, seasonally, if you will, uh, when ingredients are not available locally. Um, we will source uh, anywhere um, in the world, essentially, to make sure that we're able to, to offer, um, I guess, uh, um, um, a, a variety of food. Um, certainly we need fruit and vegetables throughout the year, so some of that sourcing is done through our local suppliers that will source um, you know, maybe down the coast of California in the winter for fruits and vegetables so that we're able to serve that in the middle of uh, the winter. What are some of the improvements that have been made over the last few years? Well, I think the one that's uh, pretty high profile for the university is Mystic Market. It, the university center has received a, a six to eight million dollar renovation, and so I think that's a, that is a jewel for the campus. Um, I think most students uh, have really liked that that upgrade, if you will. And certainly, there's a diversity of uh, food offerings, and we've been able to bring in um, some of the some of the national brands that students have been asked and asking for over the years, uh, such as bento sushi. Uh, booster juice. Uh, we recreated re, uh, a, a fresco taco, which is uh, s- serving um, Mexican food, lower cost. Um, again, our students were asking for various things, and I think through our, our feedback mechanisms, we we're able to to deliver a pretty uh, uh, a nice end uh, facility for our students. Um, at the with for the residents dining community, uh, we have the Commons uh, Dining Hall. Uh, which includes the uh, new Commons Kitchen, which is, uh, which was upgraded over the course of summer, and so we reinvested in the physical plant there to um, uh, refresh uh, um, that that service area or that that customer area, um, and and again we and we also looked at uh, renewing, um, I guess, all of our food offerings in, in, from the capacity of uh, uh, healthy and fresh. Uh, vegetarian, vegan. Um, we we opened up a full new salad bar, which is new to that area, and we reintroduced sushi into that into that environment as well. What caused the addition of Booster Juice last year, and are, is there a possibility of more franchises coming up in the future? Sure. From our travels across Canada um, at other universities, we saw that it was a popular franchise, and and certainly through some of our surveying that we had done, it had been requested, and it was was top of the uh, top of requests, if you will. Um, and so we, again, just by virtue of listening to our customer, we went out and uh, contacted Booster Juice and and looked into what was involved in, in bringing a franchise on board. And so uh, we did so. And again, uh, it's it's not an outside managed franchise, if you will. We used our own employees um, within University Food Services, and we just incorporated their practices and and took on everything that we needed to with regards to maintaining that quality um, as a franchisee um, so that we could deliver that same consistent product that students are, were wanting. Thank you. And I have a question about residence services as well. 
uh, for the meal plan, there is no kitchen inside most of the buildings other than the cluster buildings. Would this ever be integrated so students could have another option of making food in residence buildings? Or are there certain regulations that go against that? I think by, you know, there is a residential meal plan and and it it is, I guess, dispensed or served within the commons servery uh, or the new commons kitchen. And I think that that's a standard model in practice at at most universities. Um, In residence as well, there is a... uh, there is a, a common kitchen, if you will, that I think Resident Services um, um, is been, has been using, um, and I believe the CLs uh, or the community leaders within residents have access to that kitchen, so they are able to, to I, I guess, gather groups of students within those residences and use that facility. That said, um, I, you know, it is our hope that um, in the future, if, as we contemplate new residences, that we could um, build in a capacity for students to be able to, to cook within their, their residences um, proper, if you will. Resident services was, was likely the best area to ask in that regard, but I do know that uh, UVic is contemplating a new residence, and, and I know that that diversity of, of food preparation um, in suite or um, on floor is being looked at. Wonderful. For the students living on residence, only half of what they're paying per semester goes on to their one card. Can you explain where service delivery costs go and why they don't receive the same discount at other outlets, particularly since a lot of the food items are repeated? So um, for the residence meal plan, the overhead charge, which is 50%, uh, um, it's really just a prepayment of, of what they're going to be what they're going to receive over the course of uh, the semester. Um, they also receive in, in, in conjunction with that a 50% discount at point of sale. So uh, they are getting the full value for that uh, for that uh, um, I guess that front end investment. Um, and so again, typically most students are able to um, consume exactly, um, what they've signed up for over the course of semester. So that service delivery charge is, is, is really just a, um, 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 a front-end discount, if you will. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's a bit complicated in terms of uh, what it means for the students, and, but I do think that um, at the end of the day they understand that, uh, um, you know, the, the, the value is 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 when you divide it through the number of meals that are eaten um, is is represents great value and I guess the other part of the question in terms of why they can't use it at other outlets the residence meal plan um, you know to feed that many students needs to be centralized and I know that uh, we have added flex funds as a portion of that meal plan and for that portion to be able to be used at other retail outlets across campus I guess as convenience warrants um, that said as well, uh, we, we are in the midst of a, a review as we contemplate the new residents to find out if, are there, are there different, uh, ways in, in which to, um, um, structure the meal plan so that students could have greater flexibility away from the residences. And so I think you you'll likely see some changes, uh, um, in the next, uh, in the next fiscal year. And that would be starting next September. All right, this is a question more towards food services, not related to residents. How does, or does UVic Food Services work towards building the most cost-efficient options for students? And if yes, how so? 
So cost efficient for students, um, I, you know, where it's a it's an ancillary, it's a break even operation, and so we we take great care in terms of making sure that our our food costs are sourced as as low as possible, and so. Um, there are key performance indicators across Canada within University Food Service operations, and our goal is to hit those metrics to make sure that our our food costs are are coming in relatively close to what the average is across Canada. Um, there are regional differences with the University of Victoria in that we are on an island, so um, a lot of our food supply has to be barged onto campus or delivered uh, um, on island via trucks. Um, or if available, certainly we source on island. So it's a it's a complicated uh, um, equation at the end of the day. But I can assure you that um, um, we're looking at this on a monthly basis to make sure that we are um, keeping our costs low, um, which hopefully at the end of the day translates to um, a lower cost at retail. Um, I, I think that uh, one of the areas that we need to continue to explore, obviously, is. Um, is is how we um, benchmark ourselves across uh, or against uh, um, off-campus competitors, if you will. Uh, in the booster juice example, if I could use that one, I know that we are aligned to the pricing which is available in the market, so we work hard towards, uh, um, I guess, uh, maintaining our cost of goods and our labor inputs to make sure that we could still derive margin and uh, and bring a retail price point that's accept- acceptable to the customer. And I think under that same um, 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 structure, we would, we would do the same within all of our food service operations. Thank you. On that note, can you comment on the profit margins or elaborate on it at this point <laughs> and how this factors into workers' wages as well? Well, again, we're a, we're a break-even uh, operation. We have a unionized staff, um, so we have higher staffing costs than, than our outside competitors, if you will. Um, at the end of the day, um, our goal um, uh, within University Food Services is to break even, um, make a minor contribution to reserve, and with that contribution to reserve, um, it, it's it's a requirement of, of any business to make sure that they invest for the, the future physical plant of that store. So. Uh, when it comes time to renew our residence dining facility, for example, that there is money available to do that. Um, in, in essence, it's another expense. It's an expense to, to make sure that we safeguard uh, the future health, health of the business. This past summer, we renewed uh, the Commons Kitchen. I think that from all the feedback we've received, I think the residence dining community is was uh, was quite appreciative of, of that new upgrade. Um, and, and, and I think we are on a... On a on a structured renewal uh, plan um, and so you've seen Mystic uh, a few years back get absolutely completely renewed. Um, the Commons Kitchen was renewed over the course of summer and now we're going around to the retail outlets across campus to make sure that that their physical plants are, are renewed as well. Um, Biblio Cafe is again uh, very popular with the students and, and students um, are attracted to uh, I guess a uh, um, an environment that, that would support their le- learning and the, the, you, you want to relax in a, in a comfortable environment. You don't want it to be stark and, and cold and there's certain, certain, there is a certain expectation uh, of, of, any, of any customer that when they, when, you know, if, if, if it's a food service environment that they want to relax within the most modern facility available.
Thank you. And last year, there was a bit of controversy with hygiene issues over at Cadborough Commons. I'm not sure if you saw the following with the Martlet or other Facebook page groups. Can you comment about this and have any preventative measures been put in place since what's happening with the, I guess, just the general practice of it? Sure. So um, I think if I if I recall, there was... Um, mold I believe in one of the a few of the sugared drinks um, so I think we um, again looked at how we were um, 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 I guess tagging those goods for for uh, renewal if you will so the, there's 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 certainly been some I guess backwards facing um, labeling that went on to make sure that uh, we uh, made sure that the goods that were on display were fresh. And again, I would say that this was a this is this is a very isolated incident. I mean, it could happen in any food service operation. I think that um, that 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 for the amount and the volume of, of uh, um, goods that that flow through University Food Services, uh, we adhere to the highest uh, standards within the industry. I would I'm very proud of the the back of house, if you will, the the kitchen prep areas. I know that uh, the team does uh, an incredible job renewing. Um, back of house on a daily basis and so I would say that it's more of an isolated incident than anything um, um, and we learn from from those incidents and um, put uh, new processes in place to make sure that that they that they don't happen again thank you and just this has been kind of a comical topic that's come up but mozzarella sticks and general sodium content of food on campus um, what goes into I know with the mozzarella sticks, there was quite a rally for them to, <laughs> to come back. But overall, what are the biggest measures in terms of finding healthy options for students who aren't okay with the quality of food that's currently being put in place? Yeah, the mozzarella sticks were that one surprised us. Uh, it was, but, but we had a lot of fun with it. I think on both sides, uh, um, in that. Uh, when we revamped the Commons Kitchen over summer, we uh, we looked at the menu top to bottom, and we we knew we needed a, a, a healthier balance, if you will, of uh, of food available for the for the students and residents. And so, our nutrition our nutritionist uh, on staff and our executive chef uh, reviewed the menus, and uh, we you know there was a there was an expectation and a demand that um you know even from the um um from all levels within university food services that we provide a, a healthier array of food for students that, that wanted fresh salads as part of their their daily meals um and so i believe roughly 30 to 40 percent of that um area within the commons kitchen um was revamped and and it, and it was just fresh food period um, and uh, I've gone there myself many times, and I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm just impressed and inspired by, I guess the the fresh offerings. And, and I was there within the past week as well, and I I continue to to review what that salad option looks like in that area. So diversity of uh, choice within the salads. I know we also talked with our um, our uh, our beverage uh, partner Pepsi, and uh, we we reworked. All of our drinks uh, to make sure that we minimize, you know, pop or sugared drinks in that servery. And although they're very popular and the sales are very strong, we also felt that there needed to be um, a, 
uh, I guess, healthier drinks made available. And so we demanded of our vendor to uh, to uh, earmark one of the coolers for um, um, healthier drink options, and that would be anything with less than five grams of sugar inside of uh, inside of the drink. And so you saw. So again, I think what we saw was that that what we see now within the commons kitchen is that there is there are healthy choices including again the sushi which was brought back in again as demanded by our students and so um vegan vegetarian gluten-free um these are these are hot button um, issues for a lot of our our student customers and and we get it um we we want to make sure that that a student has um, that diversity of choice at any one of our retail outlets and our and our certainly our residents dining community needs to have those that those food groups or food foods food offerings available at at every meal because um, it's not it you know it's it's not a special interest group at the end of the day it's it's a core part of our 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 service delivery for for students who 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 need that um, food requirement. This is a question for students who have been here for a little bit longer. There used to be hothouse pizza at Caps, and then I believe last year it became Calzones. They were both fairly popular items, especially the hothouse pizza. What led to its removal? Well, um, again, we we we're all we're constantly reviewing what is on offer and uh, what you know what what. I guess frequency of purchases taking place, and if I can take mozzarella sticks as the example, um, we listened to our customer base. Um, it was replaced. Uh, there's there's always going to be a balance, uh, and uh, and and sales at the end of the day will dictate whether something stays or goes. Um, um, you know, if pizzas left, calzones came in. Um, that is likely an indication of a um, um, sales and. Uh, and uh, sales activity. Um, if it's likely, we, we would never remove something that was profitable for us. Let's let's just say, um, if there's a if there's an interest in that, I'd, we'd certainly again always be happy to 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 look deeper into into providing probably a more um, you know a more science based background based on on sales data, if I can. But in the moment, uh, I'm not completely. Um, I guess confident in, in why they were was taken away, but for me, it, it likely comes down to uh, um, sales activity. And this is just a quick question about the hours that food services is operated. I know that Caps is open generally till eleven thirty, but during especially holiday times, we are going into reading break. Um, there have been some comments on just why is it shut down so early? Why are hours so limited? Can you just give a brief comment on that? So again, um, hours of operation are certainly again dictated by customer flow. Um, at the end of the day, uh, it, we need to be a break break even operation. Um, it, it's better for us not to lose money in instances where um, our you know, again hours would would uh, really affect our bottom line. So we've done we've taken great care, I guess, to to monitor what sales levels are within all of the retail outlets, including. Uh, um, over in the commons, uh, be great to to be open 24 hours, if you will. Um, but at the end of the day, you really just gotta you've, you really gotta monitor what your business levels are and and and, and manage those hours accordingly. Um, I know that students are able to reach out and give comments on 
how they think food service is being run or any questions or concerns that they have. How are these requests or complaints usually, or positive comments yeah. usually dealt with? Sure. Well, we're getting everything uh, fed back to us. Uh, I think our, our most popular uh, interaction or interaction point or ways that we receive feedback is through eat at uvic.ca. That's E-A-T at uvic.ca. And uh, that's monitored on a daily basis. And so I, I think, again, over summer, we looked at um, protocols within University Food Services to be able to answer any question that, that came in through eat at uvic.ca um, within 24 hours, um, 48 hours, maybe during the busier times. But I think we, we've done a, a commendable job and an amazing job of being able to get back to our customer base uh, um, within 24 hours if they're using that uh, that means, if you will. Um, obviously, we're at, at front of house. Uh, any employee can take uh, feedback and uh, would pass it on to a manager. But I think the, the way that we're not going to lose sight of a, a customer want, need, or complaint, or um, or compliment is uh, just to, to be able to send it through eat at uvic.ca. We just listened to a conversation with Jim Forbes, Director of Food Services at the University. Up next, we head to the ring to get more info on how you, the student body, make your meal choices. You in the Ring is supported by Capital Six Theatres. Every month, Capital Six features an independent film series, which often includes a Q&A. Head over to 8058 Street to buy tickets. Phone the movie hotline, 778 778- 265-7988 to see what's playing or visit capital6.ca. You're listening to You in the Ring. I'm your host, Salma Hassan. In this episode, we're looking at the many different ways people can and do eat food on campus. All right, so we've talked to the man behind the different food options around campus, and we know a little bit about what's available to students. Let's now delve into which of those choices are most used. Diet is really a personal thing. One can change their diet based on taste, ethics, affordability, nutritional value, and a plethora of other reasons. Here at You in the Ring, we want to know what drives students to choose a certain dish over another, and what informs that choice. CFUV correspondent Izzy heads to different eateries in the ring to find out more from UVic students. Let's start with your name and your year of study. Hi, I'm Emma and I'm in my first year of study here. Are you living on res this year? Yes, I am. Okay, nice. Uh, so I guess let's start with, like, what do you think about the quality of food that you're getting on campus? Well, I wasn't sure what to expect. Honestly, I came from an American high school, and it, the food quality there was absolutely terrible, just absolutely awful. And so I came here, and I didn't expect a lot. And I was really surprised, actually, at the quality of food that there is here. And I think it's actually pretty good. I'm a vegetarian, and I was really happy to find that we had VGs here because it was somewhere where I could always eat, right. well, the hours are kind of weird, but that's okay. <laughs> and so it was really nice to have that. And also Mystic Market's really good. Yeah. yeah. And how, I had a friend who was vegetarian. I lived in Res last year, but I remember her saying that she had troubles on weekends. Yeah, weekends are food. very difficult. And I usually have food that I just buy from Walmart and keep in my room that I eat on the weekends. Okay. So, If there was one thing you could change about the food services on campus, what would it be? I find that lines get crazy long at some of the most 
um, typical times for dinner or for lunch and things like that. And when you've got a rush between classes, it's really difficult to get into a lineup to wait for food. Sure. Um, so yeah, that would probably be one of my bigger things. So your name and your study. Uh, my name is Bryn. I'm in uh, first year engineering. And what do you like about the food on campus? Um, I haven't really had all that much other than hash browns. But <laughs> I, I do like the fact that they're cheap and you can buy them in bulk and they're very filling. And do you know anything about the nutritional information? Like, have you looked into that before? I, no, I really haven't looked into it. Where is it available? It's good question. It's on UV Food Services. It's oh, kind of okay. difficult to find, but like one of the things that we were looking at was that like, some soups, for example, have 105% of your recommended sodium intake, oh. and some oat bars have over 700 calories. Probably nice to know then. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with your name and your year of study and what you're uh, studying. I'm first year. Uh, my name's Ian, and I don't really know what I'm studying. Like, I'm majoring in psychology right now, but I might switch around. I don't, I don't really know yet, but... Do you think that for the amount that you're paying, like, you're getting pretty good quality food? Uh, I think it could be priced a little bit more competitively, I guess. Um, but the price isn't too bad considering, you know, I'm on food plan and everything. The, uh, the tax exempt really, really helps. I think if it wasn't tax exempt, then it would be a little bit too much. For sure. But, um, it seems pretty good for what I'm trying to do, but if I started trying to work out and doing more of a high protein, low carb diet, it could be a little hard to find what I wanted. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the UVic nutritional information, I don't know if you've ever looked into it, but there's some meals, like the soups, for example, there's some that have 105% of your recommended sodium intake. The oat bars, which I, I lived on res last year, I totally thought they were a healthy option. They have like over 700 calories. Like, are these things that you feel like people should know about or that should be more easily accessible? I think it should be a little easier to get, um, get info on. I mean, even when you go to like Chipotle or any of the fast food places, I'm from America, so I don't know if that's a little different here, but like everything's basically on the menu or there's like a website that you can easily access that has everything sure. and it seems like it's a little harder to access that information here and what's one thing that you really like about the food services on campus um it's really tasty when you're <laughs> when you're not worried about about diet or anything you know the the pastas are delicious there's always the special option that kind of thing yeah all right let's start with your name and your year of study uh sure i'm zach i'm in my fourth year what do you think about the quality of food on campus I think it's passable, but definitely living, uh, I lived on campus for three years and eating from the meal plan there, that was, uh, it was tough sometimes because the food just wasn't great, really. For sure, and do you think for the amount of money that we're spending on food, we're getting the quality that it's worth? Or? I don't, I mean, obviously I don't know how far things go um, in terms of money when spending on distribution and whatever else, but it definitely seemed like a lot of the overhead and that sort of stuff that was being paid uh, wasn't really resulting in the quality that it should have been. Mm -hmm. And do you think there should be more food options on campus for people with dietary restrictions or just different tastes in general? Oh, absolutely. With dietary restrictions, I definitely think there's a lot of room for improvement because sure, we have VGs, which like as far as places go, it's a really good vegetarian option, but there's a lot of people I knew who were celiac or things like that and mm -hmm. barely had any options that didn't have uh, a gluten or options like that for, for them, or people who were vegan a lot of the time, um, that limited it as well, because sure, a lot of vegetarian things were on offer, but not all of those were necessarily vegan, because there's a lot of stuff that can be included that uh, yeah. makes that a problem, and so I knew a lot of people who definitely struggled, um, especially with stuff like uh, celiac, and where it's a medical need to not uh, eat gluten, there really weren't very many choices for them. So let's just start with your name, your year of study, and what you're studying. Uh, my name's Andrea. I'm a first year, and I'm studying physics. And what do you think about the quality of food on campus? 
it's pretty good. I like the options they have. For sure. And do you think for the amount of money that you're spending that the quality of food lives up to that? Or do you wish it was priced a little differently? I wish the prices were lower. I think it's a little too high as it right now. Is there anything specific that you like about the food on campus? Yeah, I really like the options and especially just how like everything in the whole entire Cadboro is like all 50% off. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So on Uvic Food Services, you can check it out on the website. This is an eye-opener for me too. Uh, apparently some of the soups have over 105% of your recommended sodium intake and some of the granola bars are over 700 calories, which is weird because you think a granola bar is like a healthier option. How do you feel about that? I did not know they were that unhealthy. That's actually <laughs> shocking too. Yeah, like do you think that's something that people should have like easier access to that people should know about like how does that make you feel yeah I think so just like the little package things it'd be nice to know what they have like when you go to the grill like that's understandable I can't say anything everything about that but package stuff would be nice I think that's yeah I think that's everything so yeah thank you so much we just heard from a handful of UVic students about what's in their diet and why now remember that scenario I asked you to picture before did thinking about home cooking make your mouth water at all do you miss having the smell of food waft about your abode? There's no doubt that with the temptation of ready-to-order food just a few steps away from you at all times, it's difficult not to just grab a bite at whatever campus eatery is close to you. The decision is even more difficult if you haven't really learned how to cook. Thankfully, CFUV's production team has put together a survival guide for those of you who are new in the kitchen or living in small spaces where cooking might be difficult. Instant ramen, frozen pizza, and cereal. There comes a point in everyone's university experience when these foods just stop being fun. Once a delicacy, something that could be eaten excessively for a rebellious thrill, they all eventually turn on you. When you hit that point where it feels like if you eat one more thing out of a microwave, it'll be the end for you, things can all seem a bit hopeless. Unfortunately, many of us never knew much about cooking or budgeting for groceries before heading out into the real world. And now, most good food seems prohibitively expensive and complicated to make. Rest assured, things aren't as dire as they seem. Here, you'll find several different recipes as affordable examples to get you started on your solo cooking endeavors, along with a few resources with further cooking advice for those working on a student schedule and budget. One really great resource for affordable recipes is Budget Bites. They specifically lean towards recipes that are healthier and make use of fresh ingredients, while also preparing large quantities so you can make several meals at a time. There are plenty of vegetarian and vegan options to be found, and most importantly, they are all filling and genuinely delicious. To explore their website, go to budgetbytes.com. Here's one of their more popular recipes, which takes 15 minutes to prep and 2 hours in the oven, herb roasted chicken breasts. The ingredients are 3 tablespoons of butter, 2 minced cloves of garlic, 1 teaspoon of dried basil, a teaspoon of dried rosemary, chopped or crumbled, half a teaspoon of salt and pepper, and 2 split chicken breasts, approximately 3 pounds in total, still with the bones and skin. You'll begin by preheating the oven to 275 degrees Fahrenheit. Remove the chicken from the refrigerator to let it warm a bit. Mix the butter, garlic, basil, thyme, rosemary, salt, and pepper in a bowl. Pat the chicken dry with a paper towel and rub the butter mixture on both sides. Once all the pieces are covered, place them in a casserole dish deep enough to fully contain them and cover with either a lid or foil. 
Bake the chicken for 90 minutes, basting once halfway through. After 90 minutes, remove the covering and baste again before turning the oven up to 425 degrees Fahrenheit. Bake the chicken at that temperature for around 20 minutes without the foil. Once the skin is golden brown and crispy, it's done. Remove the chicken, let it sit for 5 minutes or so, and you're good to go. A great place on the Budget Bites site is their Sunday meal prep section, in which they take different recipes featured from the website to make together and combine in one balanced meal. These guides are designed, as the name suggests, to be done on Sunday and make 4 or 5 servings to get you through the week. Some examples of these meals include the falafel and hummus box, which features recipes for homemade falafels, hummus, and a cucumber salad, along with the portobello fajita meal, where you can find instructions on making fajitas, cornbread, and a bean salad. These can all be found at budgetbiteswithay.com slash category slash extra dash B-Y-T-E-S slash Sunday dash meal dash prep. For an inexpensive source of protein that's great for stretching out over large batches of a meal, lentils, chickpeas, and other legumes are your friends. Here is a recipe that makes about 5 cups worth of cooked lentils with combined cooking and prep time of 51 minutes. You'll need 2 tablespoons of butter, 1 half of a sweet onion, diced, 4 minced garlic cloves, 2 cans of chicken or vegetable broth, preferably sodium and fat free, a 14 ounce can of diced tomatoes, one and a quarter cups of rinsed red or brown lentils, and for seasoning, a half teaspoon of ground turmeric and another of cumin, a quarter teaspoon of pepper, and one fourth of a cup of fresh basil. To start, you melt the butter in a large skillet over medium heat. Add the onion and garlic and saute for about six minutes until the onion is tender. Add the broth, along with the diced tomatoes, lentils, turmeric, cumin, and pepper. Bring it all to a boil before reducing the heat to low, and let it simmer uncovered. Stir it occasionally for the next 30 minutes or so until the lentils soften. Stir in the basil and salt to taste. Now, finally, here's one recommended by a student at UVic, a quinoa salad for when you need something both filling and fresh. It takes one cup of dry quinoa, one and a half cups of vegetable stock or broth, again, low sodium is better if possible, one tablespoon of chopped fresh chives, one third of a cup of chopped pecan, one third of a cup of dried cranberries, two tablespoons of freshly squeezed lemon juice, essentially one large lemon's worth, and two tablespoons of olive oil. Fresh ground pepper is also recommended to taste. So, the quinoa goes into a medium sauce pot with the vegetable broth, this has to be covered and brought to a full boil before reducing the heat to low and leaving to simmer for 15 minutes. Once that's done, remove the pot from the heat and set it aside to cool. Combine all the other ingredients in a bowl, pour them all on top of the quinoa and mix them together. From there, you can either serve the meal immediately or cover it and leave it to chill in the fridge. This recipe is particularly great, as the basic format can be followed with a variety of ingredients, so you can switch things up without having to get too creative. If you're not a fan of quinoa or just want to try something different, prepare adzuki beans or barley with the same or similar garnishings and it'll be just as good. Now, for further inspiration, there is no shortage of websites aimed at students needing this kind of help. 
Some more examples include studentrecipes.com or bbcgoodfood.com slash recipes slash collection slash student. For cheap produce, farmer's markets are always a great option. And if you're the type of person that gets sick of repeating meals, you can always freeze some of the servings you make to have later so they feel brand new. It doesn't take any level of special talent or expensive tools to be able to cook good food for yourself. It may seem intimidating, but if you just try out one of these simple recipes, you'll discover the survival skills you never knew you had. We just heard a survival guide chock full of easy to make recipes for dorm dwellers and new cooks. Thanks for listening to You in the Ring. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and leave a comment wherever you get our podcasts. If you want to hear more episodes like this one, head over to cfuvpodcast.com or soundcloud.com forward slash cfuv. The theme music you heard in this episode was composed and performed by Toe. This episode was produced by myself, Maureen Chow, Izzy Almasi, Anna Pollard, Kavan Hamond, Dante, and Max Collins. This program is created by our podcasting production team. If you'd like to get involved in spoken word programming here at CFUV, you can find more information at cfuv.ca. You in the Ring could not be created without the support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada. Thank you so much. Once again, I am your host, Selma Hassan. This is You in the Ring. Thank you for listening. You in the Ring is made possible with the generous support of Capital Six Cinemas and the Community Radio Fund of Canada. You in the Ring is proudly supported by Capital Six Theatres. Get out of the house and see brand new movies with surround sound and first-class luxury seating on the big screen. Experience cinema how it was meant to be seen. Capital Six, the ultimate movie-going experience. Book tickets and see what's playing at capital6.ca.